yeah, I guess the, the chip will firmly be there and probably rightfully so, right? I mean, this is going to be a now Baltimore will have all the pressure. They'll get all the love too. Yeah, all the love. They are today's team. They are today's uh, flavor. Baltimore's of the day. today's team. Lamar is today's MVP. And Purdy sucks now. Purdy's terrible. How could we have thought of him as an MVP candidate? The Jaguars are trash. McCaffrey was the MVP candidate for like a hot second last night when Purdy was off. Mahomes is washed. McCaffrey was in. And then now suddenly Lamar's today's MVP. And the the uh, the Ravens are today's definitive number one team. Until they go out and lose. Because this is what happens. And I remind anybody, 2014, the Patriots came to uh, – Arrowhead. Remember, it's the loudest game ever in history. It's when the uh, decibel record was set. Tom Brady was 37 years old and completely destroyed by mm. the Kansas City Chiefs the night before the wild card. Bill Belichick, after the game, says it's on the Cincinnati. National media was saying Tom Brady's washed. Washed! They used that word. He's washed. He's washed done. He's 37 years old. He's done. Since that night, Tom Brady went to five Super Bowls, passed the age of 37, and won four of them. When everybody was starting to bury Tom Brady because he was washed, I think people jumped the gun way too early when it comes to the NFL. You can have bad games. It's what you do after it. And you, you, you would think, I mean, the Chiefs got no credit for that Patriot game. Like, you, you could tell – you could – you could probably tell people right now they've lost four in a row and like, wow, they have, haven't they? They haven't, but they Well, Richard Sherman they, thinks they've won, lost three in a row. Yeah, they've lost three of four. They have. That's fact. But uh the Patriot game, no one like that got that got like zero credit. They might as well be on a, a long, long skid. I was hearing some of the uh the questions in the locker room yesterday, and it was almost to that vein, like, Man, you guys have never been through this kind of stretch before I'm like well they didn't win so one. Two weeks they, to go by 10 on the road <laughs> they did win one and the only reason they didn't win by more is because Kadarius Tony uh popped one in the air but and you know, took is, it easy on Bill so, at the end so have that have that chip on the shoulder they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna need it Patrick Mahomes after the game yesterday I mean all you can do is just just move on to the next next day the next game um we're gonna be playing a Cincinnati team that I mean obviously wants to beat us um they're playing good football um their quarterback's playing really good their defense has always always played good with their defense coordinator and so um all you can do is just move on learn from your mistakes get better um and uh, I mean I still believe that we can we can go do what we want to do it's just uh, how can we correct it as quickly as possible we're at two games left um that are guaranteed um and then you, you, you talk about the playoffs and so all you can do is move on to that next day that next day get better then and try to be better the next time we hit, we step on the field all right mistakes self-inflicted all those things um and so uh, i think just we got to clean if we clean it up we'll be able to score points it's just we got to clean it up i mean i mean that's we're two games left you have to do it and if we don't we'll be going home so i think if we clean it up uh we'll have if we clean it up we can beat anybody uh, i truly believe that um but uh we got to prove that we can do it i don't disagree with that i think if you clean it up you can beat anybody but they got to prove they can do it because i don't know if they can i don't know if they can clean it up enough bank well, it, it's I like what Sneed said to you. <laughs> hey, hey, it wasn't good. We got to wear this one. Like I thought Sneed had the most honest opinion about everything. And you can be positive all you want, but there's a lot not to be positive. We watched the game. We understand how frustrated Mahomes gets. I mean, he gets frustrated all the time, and we're all frustrated. He's us a lot of times watching the game. He gets frustrated. And there are certain things that happen, but I love the attitude of Sneed. Like, hey, you got to wear it. Just 
hey, we were bad. Justin Watson wears it a little bit too. They know the problems. Yeah, I mean, I think just across the board as an offense, it's just lack of discipline. You know, there's plays out there. The defense isn't doing anything, and it's just executing uh, the plays that are out there. So running the right routes, making the correct reads, you know, staying on sides, not taking penalties. You know, it, it sounds simple, but it's not always easy. But it's just if we don't take penalties and we catch the ball and block we're supposed to block, we're going to be scoring on every drive. <laughs> simple game, really, isn't it? We're scoring in every drive. Just don't do this, this, and this. Problem is they keep doing this, this, and this. But it's also the little things, too, and even Watson's part of this as well. And we saw a little bit from Rasheed Rice. You know, as good as he's been this year, you know, not finishing the route. There was two instances yesterday, I believe, that when you looked at Mahomes and Rice, he thought he was going to continue his route and come back to one. Watson won. Could have, and the pick six could have come back to the ball. Like, I think you were expecting him to come back to the ball, and he didn't. But just that chemistry between wide receiver and quarterbacks to continue the route, just that it's the one thing that Kelsey and Mahomes have always had. You know, hey, go finish the route or, you know, break off into something you or see. Or realize the you're the hot read. Realize In Rice's instance, right? At the one, but, they, I, but they had that twice that happened yep. between him and Rice, yep. and it's happened to Watson all year. Where Watson, you know, was wide open, found himself, he just keeps running down the field, but no, he goes right into uh, danger's way like he did against Philly when he ran right into the safety. Got to be on the same page as your quarterback. That's, I think, the, I think that's the number one thing that's frustrating Mahomes. I don't know. It's Not two, thinking outside the box. Is two weeks enough time to, to, no. to clean that up? It's going to have to be, right? It's going to have to be. For a team not throwing down the field at all, it's concerning. And not only that, but you don't have Jet McKinnon just to, you know, dumped the ball off to him in his 500 yards last year's nine touchdowns after December. That was the safety valve. That was in case of emergency break. The last guy was Jet McKinnon for him. And you're not going to have him until the playoffs. No, not even the first, not round even the went. first game of the playoffs. No. Yeah. So he was that uh, safety net, that safety valve for this offense. Don't have him. Mm-mm-mm. Offensive line problems yesterday. I felt like Wanya Morris got his uh, his welcome to the NFL. Man, uh, obviously when you're going against uh, somebody like Max Crosby, one of the one of the arguably the one of the best players in the game, uh, you just got to be able to adjust. You got to be able to take your mistakes and make make right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be wins and losses, but if you learn from those, you're on the right path. So yeah, I felt. He's had a he's had a nice little introduction to the to the NFL. I think yesterday was like whoa. Whoa. Uh, so not the best time for that offensive line to to struggle about as bad as they have all season, right? Completely. Run blocking was terrible. Pass blocking was terrible. The funny Four thing sacks. is there's they're still second fewest sacks given up in the NFL. And then, of course, there's the stat out there. Mahomes has more rushing yards this year than he ever has in his career. That can be looked at as a problem. Like, Why is your quarterback having to run this many times? But Mahomes set a career high in rushing. Yesterday, leading rusher yesterday, yards. and out of necessity, out of necessity, but he's got 387 yards rushing down the most he's ever had in a season, and still two games to go. Does he have rushing bonuses in his contract, and all. And even we saw some games he didn't run. Remember the Vikings game? He didn't run. Like it? Okay, it's great. It's a big part of his game, but you don't want to see it. Just keep it in the bag. You know we can do it. Just keep it in the bag. It's where the running backs need to step up and run. Did Talking, you? Oh. Did you feel like he got too jumpy yesterday? I, I think so. I, I think so at times. But then again, with that pressure of the Raiders, he wasn't getting much time. And he is, I mean, they were right on him. Like Max Crosby was on him quick. 
And the thing about it is, you sit back there in that pocket too long, you're going to be taking sack after sack. And I think he started worrying about that pressure from the Raiders because the line was just folding under. And that was a big thing, I think, for Mahomes. Like, I felt like his clock was control. a little sped up, though, yesterday. He had the, he had the, but I think the pressure definitely sped that clock up. JT, what were you going to say? I was going to say is uh, I saw something on Twitter yesterday from Jonathan Jones of CBS where he was talking, and this was 11 minutes left in the game, where he said Patrick Mahomes had over 170 yards covered in the game. <laughs> that was more than yeah. the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay yeah. already, yeah. and there's still 11 minutes left. That's it was over the, 300 yards. That's kind of east to west, yeah. spinning out of trouble, uh, uh, ground covered. You know, like it's more. That's more like a soccer stat. Yeah. You know where they track they track the soccer players to see how much they're running during a game. Yeah. Uh, Fitbit? Kinda, Does he wear a Fitbit? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like uh, check his steps. Kind of like Mahomes yesterday. Like how much he was he doing east, west, and north, south in uh, in trying to evade trouble. But yeah, he was he was moving around yesterday. I, I thought he I thought the internal clock was a little bit sped yesterday. I again, as good as those two ends were were crashing, I get it. There wasn't a lot of time. There were guys flying through the middle as well all day long. So uh, natural to be sped up, but I thought it maybe didn't, it didn't allow them to try to get through some other things. I don't, it, I don't know if the quarterback was themselves. huge, huge in that regard. He was running the football and certainly the, the play he extended and uh, ended up throwing for the touchdown. Like he, he, he stuck with it when he knew the pressure was coming and then ended up firing the touchdown. I think it was to Watson, yep. right? Um, I think that that was the time I'm like, okay, that's where you need to do. You need to settle. You need to stay in there. Yeah, you're might gonna, you might uh, be suffering a lick, but kind of stay with it. I thought there are other times though where it was like one thousand, two thousand. I gotta get out. And I thought I thought that was the first time since probably the Tampa game that I thought he was really, really kind of flying out of necessity. Back for an offensive line that really hadn't yielded sacks this season, the disappointing. The, the turnovers continue to be a problem. You and I talked about last night minus ten. It's good enough for worse than the NFL. As far as giveaways, minus 10, they sit as a whole, which is the worst. That's usually, that's usually the sign of a losing team that's got a, a high draft pick. And the Bengals aren't <laughs> a great team, but they're plus eight. Like the Bengals and the Chiefs play this weekend, plus eight, the Chiefs minus 10. Minus 10. It's a big difference. Turnover category. Man, we play a little uh, contender or pretender. <laughs> the list could be long. We'll get to that next. This or that. This or that. Who are you rolling with? A contender? Or pretender. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. It's contender or pretender on Fesco in the morning. This or that. This or that. This or that. The uh, the list could be very very long today for a little uh, contender or pretender. I hate to do this, bank. We're gonna start first with Chiefs. Contender or pretender. <laughs> at this point, as we sit right now, well, they are the third seed, but do they really earned the third seed? No, I don't think there's a whole bunch of difference between the three and the seven at this point until they fix the defense is contender. Defense is a contender. You can win with that defense, but the offense, if they don't turn things around, start moving the ball downfield, um, they'd be pretender at this point as we sit right now, because they are not playing like a contender. Now, things could change. Two more games left. But at this point right now, they're not playing that way. No, they're not. So, pretender. They're, they're, pre- they're playing offensively like a pretender. Because if you, again, if you said a game like yesterday is how I see the playoff game going down. 
where turnovers are the ultimate undoing. I can't talk you out of it. I just can't. That Yes, they're going to have to prove they can't be that team. They have to play a clean game. The defense will be just fine. I have full faith in, in, the, in the defense to keep a game within reach. But offensively, I don't know. Empty drives, mistakes, turnovers like yesterday that directly are points. That's that's what gets you that's what gets you bounced. So at the moment, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna have a high seed, but they're gonna have to play an extra game now to get to the uh to the uh to the uh Super Bowl. Hey, and trust me, and the six do you seed trust loves that. play? Do you, yeah, do you trust um them to to get the entire way? Probably not at this point. All right, contender, pretender, the Bills. I hate to do it. They're semi-contenders. I mean, I love when everything's going right for Buffalo because I, I think Josh Allen's still an incredible quarterback. It's just the lapses that they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they've won three straight. I give them credit for that. But the Chargers game was way too close for comfort. I mean, after coming off that 31-10 win over Dallas, looked like world beaters. Did not look like world beaters against the Chargers at home where it took a, uh, what, bass field goal within 30 seconds left in that game to win. So I'd still put them at the at the contenders because you don't know which team you're going to get. And I think for the most part, it is a good football team because you think about balanced team. It's one of the most balanced teams in the NFL as far as scoring offense and scoring defense or a top five unit in both. So I would say contender, shaky contender because the consistency, but a contender. But they're the six right now, and they're coming to Arrowhead in week in week one of the postseason. They're feeling pretty good about it. And they, they like the fact that they uh, three seeds. What? They? Yeah, they love this. So they're playing better football right now than the Chiefs. A team that has not made this list. <laughs> they keep the Browns contender pretender. I'm saying contender. I mean, the way that defense is playing again, it's a, it's a defense. But Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco has been the old version of Joe Flacco. We're talking about the one that actually won a Super Bowl for the Ravens. You know, people forget how good he was in the postseason. That, that postseason for the Ravens. It was, was about he Joe was Flacco. Yeah. He's got a great arm. He's got this chemistry, this connection with Amari Cooper going right now. But Flacco gives him that stability. He gives him that balance. And, yes, we're talking about Joe Flacco. We talked a lot about the back of quarterbacks this year in the National Football League, he appears to be the best of the bunch when we're talking about backup quarterbacks. But, yes, Cleveland is for real. You take a great defense and you balance it out with a consistent arm like Joe Flacco, contender. The Jags, contender, pretender. Pretender. I think Jacksonville, you look at four straight losses for that team. Um, Trevor Lawrence is not right at this point. They're missing too many weapons on the offense. Christian Kirk not being there is a huge, huge loss for the Jaguars, but I'm going to have to say a contender at this point, or excuse me, a pretender yeah, at this point. I think they're firmly in the pretender camp. The quarterback's got a new injury every week. He's getting beat up. This team looks like they're kind of on fumes. Uh, what what once was believed to be the easiest schedule as well, right, that could lead them to a, to a number one uh, playoff seed. Now they're just hanging on. Luckily, luckily the gap's big enough that the Chiefs won't fall behind them. <laughs> Right in the uh, in the uh, the seating race because they're seemingly the the four that's going to be exiting very very early. I At least you always had that tiebreaker over them. At least you always had that, and that was always kind of nice to have. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I feel like pretender at this at this stage. Um, I, I I may append this before it was final last night. Contender, pretender, anyone in the NFC besides San Francisco. 
Um, I think San Francisco is still the class. I'm not ruling out the Eagles, although, man, that is a that is a fan base full of discontent was monitoring their kind of melting down yesterday. And uh, they they had a, uh, a tweet from uh, one of their guys at WIP yesterday. Let's see if I can find this really quick, uh, because uh, uh, they're now 11 and four. They got a win yesterday, uh, but had to kind of hang on a little bit to Tyrod Taylor in the New York Giants. Thanks, DeVito benched. Right. Uh, this is from WIP's Elliott Shore Parks. If the Eagles are eliminated in the playoffs, it will be because of turnovers. And I said, sounds like a familiar refrain. Uh, so they're, I think, I think still contenders. I think they're going to be a tough out when it comes to the playoffs. I think they're having their, their kind of teetering time and uh, have a, have a chance to write the ship, but they have questions offensively too. They they don't seem to be all that happy in Philly with what the way things are going down offensively there. No, I mean, they were dangerously close to losing five straight, and a lot of it started, of course, when Nick Sirianni was yelling at Chiefs fans on his way off the field. After getting 238 uh, total yards of offense, he was really sticking his chest out on how good the Eagles were beating the Chiefs. Chiefs let him off the hook in that game, and Buffalo did as well. That win that they had within that stretch. Look out for Detroit. Detroit's sitting there at 11 wins. Look out for the Detroit Lions, surprisingly, who could still get the number one seed in the NFC, sitting at 11 and four. I don't trust them either. Although that was a very entertaining game with the Vikings, I thought the other day. It was very entertaining. Uh, they, I don't, I don't trust them in the postseason. And they pounded yet, so. Denver 42 to 17 the week before. Uh, they did lose to Chicago the week before that 2013. So there are some shakiness about it. But again, that's that's the NFL. Yep. And nobody is the consistent rock. People obviously thought the 49ers were, but they were talking about a team that did lose three straight in the NFL, were pounded uh, by the Ravens last night at home where your uh, quarterback threw four interceptions. Uh, well, your quarterbacks threw four interceptions, or no, five. They threw five interceptions last night in that game. Sam Darnold had one too? Yeah, they, yeah. so yeah, Purdy had four, Darnold had one. Oof, 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 oof. I don't think Purdy got benched either necessarily, but no, uh, he like went to the were, medical tent and they were like, ah, enough's enough. Yeah. So Stinger injured and coming off his worst performance. So maybe the NFC is more up for grabs than everybody gave credit for man. The week to week league continues Baltimore, the definitive best team in America right now. Then now San Francisco, the bloom fell off and now the, I told you so has come flying out of the woodwork. Uh, in addition to what everybody thinks probably about the Chiefs right about now. Chiefs color analyst Aiden Hughes is going to drop by. Was it the Raiders' defense or more of the Chiefs' offensive struggles? We'll get to that next. My name is Bono looking to pass the football. Throws in the middle. Passes cut. Touchdown, Kansas City. Touchdown, Chiefs. Touchdown, Chiefs. Aiden Hughes took the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Raiders. Halfback pass. Marcus Allen right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. Aiden Hughes from Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news, and views. From Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Dana Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call me D-Nice. I'm not sure Dana Hughes could still be decompressing in the parking lot at Arrowhead. Good morning, Dana. Morning, fellas. Happy post uh, Merry Christmas. I don't know <laughs> what do you call the day after, but uh, hopefully everybody had a blessed and Merry Christmas. 
You as well. What did the uh, the Raiders do to get after the Chiefs offense, and was it more them than Chiefs underperforming, or was it a combination of Chiefs offense has gotten to this stage and then the, the Raiders knew how to exploit it? Yeah, you know what? It was it it was tough to watch because uh for the first time this season I felt like it wasn't us. And that was a concern. Uh that's concerning for us going forward. And and it's not that, you know, everybody should jump off the ship now and that the Chiefs are uh you know, that we're gonna be one and done in the playoffs or anything like that. It's just that if you look at the course of the prior five games we lost, you could make an argument that in just about every one of those games, it was us. Like we did something that, um, you know, it was correctable. And then when we saw what the Raiders did, which is kind of what they've done over the past few years, especially since they've had Max Crosby is they lined up their two guys on the outside and they just rushed them really fast around the edges of our tackles. And ultimately what they were saying is that we're going to squeeze from the outside in and force Patrick to either step up in the pocket or at least make their presence felt to get him a little bit concerned. And having success at that, Josh, early in the game, I felt like it really – kind of shook up Patrick a little bit where he just got off of his rhythm, uh, didn't really look like he was comfortable in the pocket. And even though he made some really good throws, uh, you just felt like every time he dropped back, he was already looking over his shoulder to see where those guys were. And I, I feel like that's a recipe for success against us right now. And I think that's a recipe for success against any quarterback in the league. If you got them – thinking about the rush more than going through the progressions and allowing the receivers routes to unfold down the field. Uh, that's kind of a win for the defense. And uh, if you think about the rush that we'll see this week against the Bengals, the rush that we'll see against the chargers, uh, there's some concern there that I think we have to get back to the basics uh, and I think justifiably so. When you lose a game at home, another game at home, a game where you you have an opportunity to secure the AFC West title for the eighth straight year and you lose in that fashion with two games left, the concern is real. You mentioned thinking about the rush before you're letting everything else unfold. I came out of that one yesterday, Dana, thinking that was a little like the Bucks Super Bowl. Yeah, yep. That's kind of how it felt like, and, and it, and his reaction to that rush was very similar. If you, if people want to think back, if we really want to think back, I don't know if anybody really wants to, but if, you, really if, yes, yeah. Yeah, if we really want to think back to that Super Bowl, think back to the 490 plus yards of rushing that Patrick had going backwards and scrambling around, trying to make something happen because of, the outside, basically the outside rush of the, the Buccaneers. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday. Max Crosby, to me, is one of the top defenders in the NFL uh, because of his engine. Like I, I, we talked about it before the game. It was one of my keys to winning was to max protect with the extra X because he 
is a menace. And the fact that he had coming into the game 13 and a half sacks, but the 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 more uh, glaring aspect of his game is that he was third on the team in tackles with 80 tackles. To think that a guy like that, comparing him to Chris Jones, who, I mean, I guess he's like our Chris Jones. And Chris Jones is a force in the backfield, you know, nearing double-digit sacks again, and but he's only got, you know, 30 tackles, maybe 20-something tackles on the season. And for a guy like Max Crosby to have 80 coming into that game tells you about what kind of menace he's been, and we just didn't, we didn't, we didn't handle him very well. How do you look at it, Dana? Would you think back at this uh, from the player's perspective? So wide receivers getting open. And then do you trust him if you're the quarterback as well? You're running the pressure. Mahomes set a career high in rushing with 387 yards with two games left. So he's ran the ball more this year than he ever has in his career. Is it not trusting the line? Is it maybe not trusting the receivers, even if they break away to throw it to him? Or do you think all these things, or did a lot of it come on Mahomes with reads? Or is it so prevalent you're worried so much about the line, you're worried about guys catching it, that you don't want to pull the trigger on throwing the ball? I think it's a mixture bank and I give him credit because there are times where the smart move is to tuck it and run like that. There are times where, and it's not necessarily because the, the pocket collapses or because the protection isn't there. It's just that maybe the defense has dropped out and we've seen that. I mean, you can go back to that great run that he had against the Titans in this first Super Bowl run where he, he scampered down the sideline. That was the smart move. It wasn't necessarily that there was bad protection. It's not always that. I think that's where fans have to recognize that sometimes when Patrick takes the ball and runs with it, uh, the key fourth down that we converted yesterday where he had the, the inside trap, the fake, and then he just ran around the edge and slid for the first down. That's, not, that's, that's somewhat of a designed play. He has a run-pass option, and he opted to run the ball and get the first down. It's smart. But then there's times where you kind of wonder, and, and nobody can read his mind. Uh, nobody knows what he's feeling in that huddle. But you kind of wonder, is he leaving the pocket because he's not necessarily comfortable or waiting for that deep end to come across the field, waiting for that deep post to materialize, uh, waiting for those routes to unfold? Or is it because he's uh, not trusting the receivers and he trusts himself more? I think there's a mix, a healthy mix in there. Uh, but that's where the film study comes in. I guarantee today, if they're in the, if they're in the facility, which I believe they are because it's a short week, uh, if they're in the facility and they're watching film or he's at home watching it on his iPad, he's got to look himself in the mirror and wonder, you know what, hey, guys, I, like this is a game of trust regardless of, you know, how things are unfolding and how many hits I'm taking, like I got to trust the other 10 guys to do their job. And part of that job is the protection. And part of the other job is I got to throw it to guys that are eligible receivers down the field and trust that they can make those plays. Chiefs color analyst, Danon Hughes, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio Bank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you, since we're, st- we're sticking with offense, I'm going to have you ask him the, uh, the question about the snap counts. <laughs> oh, the snap counts? Oh. Well, well, Danon, I've been uh, – I really like Richie James the last couple of weeks, and 
Here's the thing. You see him in St. Joe. I mean, the guy does catch everything, and they do trust him on punt returns, and he catches them with a guy like within a yard in front of his face. Three catches, 54 yards. He only has 33% of the snaps. MVS has 80% and doesn't have a catch. And I get it. They play kind of different roles. But are we going to start seeing maybe some more Richie James? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I think – uh, you have to warrant uh, extra playing time for, for him. And even Andy Reid had talked about it coming into this game. But when Sky Moore goes down and you look at the nature of the receiving core, like when one guy goes down, yeah, MVS is going to have to pick up some of those reps. And Richie James is also. And, but at the same time, very rarely do you see a guy – get a bulk of the offensive reps and then still leaned on for kick returning and punt return duties. Um, I mean, it's not like he's Tyreek Hill uh, out there or Antonio Brown when he was with the Steelers. I mean, he's got to be a guy that you understand he's got to be a factor in the special teams game and the punt return, but you can't, he can't be gassed on offense uh, in lieu of that. So there's a healthy balance that has to occur with Richie James, but I think he's definitely warranted more playing time. And I thought coming out of training camp, he was one of the better receivers uh, from a playmaking standpoint that I had seen up in St. Joe. And it's fitting that he's getting his opportunities now. And hopefully uh, by his elevated reps, Patrick will feel more comfortable and more confident in the receiving core, or at least the opportunity to throw him the ball. And we saw that on that last drive with, the, the one route that he allowed to materialize as far as a deep route down the field, uh, Richie James came through on that deep end and made a play. So I, I think it's going to warrant more reps for him, but there's just definitely going to have to be a balance when he has to handle the punt return and kick return duties. Did something in the matchups warrant uh, MVS playing as much as Travis Kelsey and being the most used skill guy yesterday? Uh, I, I have to believe most of the reps, if you watched MVS on the field, most of his routes were deep routes. And whether we like it or not, whether we want to believe that he can still be a viable force on offense, um, that's his that's his thing. That's what he brings to the table is uh, stretching the defense. Now, we still have to have confidence and throw him the ball and hope that he can make the plays down the field. Uh, but we also have to have protection to give Patrick enough time to take those chances down the field. And it didn't seem like there was all of that work together in sync yesterday. Uh, there were many times that I saw him running down the field and then coming off the sideline because he had ran a 40 yard route or a couple of 40 yard routes and didn't get the ball. So he was gassed and he had to tap his helmet and come to the sideline and somebody had to, to sub in for him. So it's clearly an aspect of the offense that MVS is going to be the deep threat uh, we just have to take those shots when they present themselves. All right. You never know with uh, with concussions, but uh, Pacheco with a concussion, uh, McKinnon on IR. You could have a week with CEH and LaMichael Pirine as your two available running backs. Yeah. I mean, but it, that's the thing about this offense. I think this, you know, I don't think that's an aspect of concern for me is okay. the running back position because Andy Reid has shown it's always been about a, uh, you know, a two horse race. You know, even if you go back to his days with the Eagles, he's always had a one-two punch at the running back position. So I'm not really concerned about that, especially with the 
the the play of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We got a chance to talk to him after the game. Uh, he made some key plays in the game. He seems like he's got a renewed energy about him and an attitude that I think makes him a, a viable force on this offense. But at the same time, like we saw Isaiah Pacheco get up and leave the locker room. Like I talked to him right next to Clyde's locker. Uh, told him Merry Christmas. He was he, he seemed like he was good. Now. The protocols are the protocols, so we'll see how that unfolds, especially with a short week. But, like, I'm confident with with those guys in the backfield and Denaric Prince, if he is elevated again, we'll go into the game with probably three running backs, whoever those guys will be, and it'll be just like a normal week. Now, I, yeah, somebody somebody texted me last night, how's Pacheco doing? And I said, yeah, I saw him leave the locker room. He had sunglasses on, but I don't know if that was because of concussion or just because he's wearing sunglasses. You know, you never know. Yeah. Like, it could have yeah. been just a look. I don't know. <laughs> wasn't, yeah. wasn't dealing with the effects of concussion. Just it looked cool to have sunglasses on. I was like, I, I, I don't know. It could be anything. All right, David, I'm not going to ask you one question about the defense because I'm leaving them alone. Yeah. I mean, you give up eight points in the game. <laughs> nothing. Uh, there's nothing to talk about. Not yep. at all. Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing, Spags. All right. D nice. Thanks for the time. All right, guys. That's David Hughes, Chiefs color analyst. You can hear him on uh, Players Only coming up this week on Thursday as well. I know he's fired up for that, as always, so you can catch him uh, Thursday night on Players Only and, of course, on the broadcast with uh, Mitch and myself uh, coming up on uh, Sunday for a uh, matchup with the Bengals 325 on 106.5 The Wolf. Uh, the other thing, too, is because we, we've been talking about the um, Rich James, the 33% snaps mm-hmm. when he didn't have, what, two the week before. Also, Rasheed Rice, 75%. And MBS, 80%. Like, that's that's the one thing there, too. It's like, you got to look at these numbers afterwards and say, what, what are we doing? Derek what Johnson doing? joins us in 15 minutes, and we look at my sideline views from yesterday. Next. Sideline views. Josh, what did you see? Sideline views. Was it a real injury? Sideline views. We'll talk to Derek Johnson coming up in uh, eight minutes. DJ will join us normally Mondays at 730. Monday we had a game, so he'll join us today to get his thoughts on the uh, the Chiefs and Raiders and uh, and what's ahead. But sideline views today, Pink. Uh, Christmas crowd was a little different. Uh, late arriving, some early leaving. Uh, I'm not sure it was a hit in Kansas City, to be perfectly honest. We, I think we do a lot of nice things with uh, with uh, extra games and special games and standalone yeah. games. I'm not sure everybody was feeling it yesterday. They were feeling it on Christmas Day. Mm. Nice Christmas present. Ro- you wake Ro- up, you get tickets to the game. As empty as I've ever seen. Really, I cruised into the parking lot. It was not as many tailgaters. Now, it did the the stadium did fill in? Yeah, because it was the only place people were going. It was a little Yeah, it was a little bit closer. Probably probably more people condensed their their day you know like we'll get the game but maybe not as much as the other of the other stuff as, as a uh, quote-unquote normal bet the ratings are ridiculous though oh i'm sure as far I'm sure as they, households I'm, sure they I'm not them. sure though there was a hit as an event like we've seen for kansas city it's kind of a different crowd yeah you think a lot of people were upset they got up early did all their stuff and then the chiefs played like that yeah yeah i mean your day it was, was exactly a christmas yeah, treat your, your day was your it day left was, you in a bad mood it yes. left you in a bad mood yes. on christmas yes and then cool. you see the Ravens win at night. Oh, uh, just like yeah, some of you did. Some of you probably bailed, like I did. I'm like, well, I don't need to watch this game anymore because, uh, yeah, 
They ain't, ain't going to help. I'm a glutton for punishment, so yes, I keep watching it. Yeah, I watched I watched the first half. I didn't watch the uh, the second half of that one. Um, I usually have my weed moment of the game where it, it's prevalent, and I want to say there's some of you that didn't get the good stuff for Christmas. Let's just say that. Uh, and then it, it, it rolled in on the first Raider drive. Like, it was super early, so you were getting after it, even though it was a noon game on Christmas. Some some of you some of you had at it, and it wasn't the good stuff. It was not the sweet smelling stuff. Uh, a little skunky on the first Raider drive was my first my first whiff of of the weed, which you always keep track of. Uh, the booze were prevalent. Not a lot of patience with the offense right now, and that again, I'm not saying you have to go out and yay team, yay team. But I thought for the first time it was like really kind of unsettled and really kind of. Letting, people were letting the Chiefs know offensively what they thought of what was uh, what was going down. I'm more booze than I've than I've heard, and certainly on multiple occasions. More booze for the receivers. Do you think the line? I think all some of mixed it yesterday. with Mahomes. Probably play calling yesterday as well. Play calling. So everybody got it. I think so. Everybody I felt got like everybody kind of wore it. Everybody got it. Yeah. That's the first time it like at multiple spots. It was you know halftime missed you know the uh, field goal. Um, How would you break it down, though? Nagy, Andy Reid, Mahomes, receivers, line. Like, who got the most? Oof. Who got the most booze? It's hard telling. I think it's probably collective. Your boo meter. Probably collective. I think there were some Uggs with the play calling, for sure. I think when that scoop and score happened, I think there was some discontent. And then really any time that they got into a... Oh, the refs. The refs, too. Long situation. I don't, I don't think it was as much mad I at the actually refs do. Yesterday. I actually do, because the one thing that bothers me, Kling, I'm not blaming any of this on the refs. Keep this in mind. But the offensive offsides is becoming such a joke in the National Football League. Three times more penalties than last year. Like, they're just going out and looking to call it. So you got these officials that are sales managers, nonprofit CEOs, and attorneys Making an emphasis on calling offensive offsides and not exactly warning players before they do it. It's not just Chiefs' problem. The rest of the NFL is finding out that they're coming after them, it too. It is weird sometimes the things they focus on, right? Like, why is that? Why I'm not is, kidding about the sales managers. I, that's literally I know. They're, I know. They're you, you always go through and you name. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you're not calling the games because that would be part of your thing every week. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, today's a white hat is Cleet Blakeman, who in the offseason does... Well, Non-profit CEO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be, you'd be having those as part of the broadcast. Right and you'd another be, sales manager. <laughs> I find it weird, like, the things they decide to focus on. Like, who's been impacted by wide receivers lining up a uh, couple I want the league over, emails. I want the league over emails. The lines, like, was some yeah. coach complaining about yeah. this, and now they've taken, taken it under their advisement, I don't know. It, did, did, did they get bonuses? Like, hey, Cleet, you, you had more offensive offside yeah. calls in the last three weeks. You yeah. get the $100 bonus, yeah. the $100 gift card, kind of like the, or the bingo card, you know, yeah. kind of like we, we, we've joked at times about basketball refs, right? You got to, man, if you get a three second, if you call three seconds, Chick fil A gift card. If you call three seconds on somebody, you, you got yourself a little <laughs> bonus today. You got to add that to the scorebook. Um, the Raiders and Chiefs scuffled one time. The, the, the teams got together and had to be kind of separated. The best part, there were like little things that would have been great had they won. So so they scuffled. You remember that point of the game where they, the two teams got together and they're kind of pushing and shoving or whatever. Rashi Rice emerges from the group, and I see him, and he just does this big. He just chucks something over towards the stands. It was and a mouthpiece. It was a Raiders <laughs> mouthpiece. And I thought, that's hilarious. Like, you took somebody's mouthpiece and threw it so they didn't have it. Well, you end up losing the game. Some of those things don't. It was being, Jack Jones. It's going to be funny. It was Jack Jones. Ended up having to pick six. Like, oh, crap.
But yeah, he chucked chucked his uh, chucked his mouthpiece into. I didn't know if they showed it on TV. They chucked he chucked his mouthpiece over into the back of the end zone. It's awesome. <laughs> it was just so petty and awesome. And I'm like, oh man, it's a loss. That stinks. Uh, probably should have known that the, the the comeback wasn't going to happen when they brought Isaiah Pacheco off the field. Got kicked in the head. They were going to check for a concussion. And he sat down on the medical table, and the medical table folded. It, like, it like folded into, like, a recliner. It was Bill's Mafia, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Buffalo Bill he, he jumping sat, on the table. He sat on the table, and the table broke. They had yeah. to go to a backup table. Bill's probably loved that, by the way, if they were watching the highlights. And I thought, this is pretty much the sign that this isn't going to happen yeah. today. Mm. You got our guy. I got to look at him real quick. He sits on the table, and the table breaks. He played along with it, though. He kind of had fun with it. He's yeah. laid back like, oh, my God. Here yeah. go again. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was kind of it was, it was just funny how he played off. It was kind of leaned back. It, yeah. looked, like it turned into a recliner. Yeah, it looked, it's looked cool. super-duper cool. comfortable. So, so uh, that was the case there. Um, I did find out, i kind of known this, but everybody watches Kiss Cam. Unless you're directly on the field, in the huddle, on either offense or defense, Everybody else is watching Kiss Cam. I don't think Andy Reid was, but <laughs> along the sideline, like everybody's, I mean, they're trying not to be seen, right? But they're they're all looking up at, at Kiss Cam. So I I found everybody, even players, love Kiss Cam. Were you on it? No, no, no. no. Would have been me and like the uh, chain gang or something. <laughs> something. You and uh, Aiden O'Connell? No. But everybody watches Kiss Cam. I know everybody likes it at the stadium and they think it's fun. But uh, I was watching a player, and they're and they're all like out of corner of their eye, like staying on the sidelines, like look looking up. At the, what would you at the do screen? if you were on in the stands? Would you go straight kiss? Would you go for tongue? What would you do? No, I think you got to ham it up. Would you? I think most people that that are there are waiting for it, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. There was one. There was one that clearly they were on some kind of early date because she just held up her beer, <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought, okay. They picked the wrong. They picked the wrong. Yeah, there. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. The the camera showed, and she's like, "Cheers." <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the early escape. I mean, I'm people did leave yesterday. I thought it was a weird. It was a weird vibe. Weird crowd. Sometimes it's a little bit different crowd. It's not all regulars. You know what I mean? Like you sell your tickets at Christmas or Fam- presents, presents. Families go. Presents. They give some. Yeah. They give somebody a ticket and they go. Um, but I didn't feel like that. We don't have a lot of Christmas Day games here, but I didn't. I just didn't feel like that. Ultimately, it was what everybody. Well, the game, the game, as the game turned out, it wasn't what everybody had in mind. But it might have been not been a great event. The Kansas City is like, yeah, I'll, we'll do Christmas games all the time. Didn't feel like it was necessarily our thing. They didn't need it. I think the NFL looked at it, thought, oh, this is a classic rivalry between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Anytime you put Mahomes on national TV, it's been golden for him up till this point. We'll see if that continues, but uh, I understand the uh, mindset and thinking of putting the Chiefs on uh, on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're not exactly doing fans a favor though. They took one of the home games, put it in Germany, and the other one you put on Christmas, Christmas Day. So it's yeah, not exactly yeah, yeah. doing them a ton of favors. But for selfishly, it worked for me. It was easy in, easy out, which doesn't happen in Arrowhead.